0: Thank <laughs> you. Hold up.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 68 of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, Chad
2: Diedemensis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And Chad, what do you say we're uh, getting a little bit of prospects today, huh?
1: Yeah, so there's uh, I guess it's kind of good timing. You know, we have the news of Pilot officially signing today. So that's kind of one of the first things we'll cover here. Uh, but yeah, with everything kind of quiet, the draft is nearly a month away. I uh, figured we kind of go into prospects mode here. And not waste any time, if you've seen on Twitter, uh, we are joined by Max Marco, who covers prospects for Beyond the Blade and Puck Pros. Is that the one you cover too, Max?
0: Yeah, I uh, I started to shift over a little bit to, uh, it's a school working at uh, Bowling Green, so I have started to do uh, radio and uh, TV there, so that's kind of taken up my time most of the days here. But for the summer, I'll be shifting over to Puck Pros, yeah.
1: Very Good. So, Max, thanks for joining us. Bill and I are kind of shoot some questions here back and forth, have a little chat about Sarah's prospects here for the next 20, 25 minutes. Uh, but we figured why not start with the news of the day and kind of get your take on Lawrence Pilot. I mean, we all know he's, you know, the defenseman of the year in the SHL. He's offensive-minded. Uh, but what's your, you know, general take on, on the defenseman?
0: I think uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed when watching, you know, highlights of, of Pilot is – uh, like controlled zone entries uh, it just uh, a defenseman that's able to you know take the puck into the zone and create a scoring chances a, a huge asset that the Sabres could desperately need in the NHL and I think he has a great amount of depth to the uh, to the to the roster just because he does sign that two-year deal he does have the option this year to uh, this upcoming year to, to spend a year in Rochester just to sort of develop himself and get used to that, you know, North American ice. And I think he'll definitely, you know, bring some offensive upside to the back end.
1: You think he goes to Rochester? I mean, Bill and I have talked about, talked about this yeah. before, and I don't know, like you, you come from being the best defenseman in the Swedish Elite League assigned with the worst team in the NHL. Like, don't you think there's maybe some guarantee? Yeah,
0: I think it really depends on how he – he plays in camp and how he plays, you know, that just that first time on the, on the smaller ice, just because I know there's more room to roam, you know, in Sweden and in the SHO and whatnot. And I, right. he has had, you know, a huge, huge rise in production this year. So you just want to see if that's not just a one-time thing or able to, you know, can get that, that offensive production consistent. You know, he had, 30, 38 assists, I think, this year, which is almost half of his entire assist production in his SHL career. So,
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it just... So do you think it's more of uh, when they were talking and discussing you know, coming to the Sabres, do you think it was more of just, a, hey, obviously we're the worst team in the league, our defense was not great last year, and it was kind of just a you know open competition. If you show up, you come to camp, and you play really well, you'll have a spot on this team? Something more like
0: that? I would say it would be something more like, yeah the latter just because there's there's going to be positions open just because of how poorly the defense played last year and, and right. if he can bring that huge offensive upside that it looks like he could potentially bring, then I think you know he could easily slot in to the to the n h l club
2: yeah i mean it's going to be it's going to be super interesting with at least i mean all the people on the roster right now i mean something that's kind of got to give, uh, especially if he is to you know, come into camp and say he does really well. I I mean, I can't imagine they're bringing all these guys to camp. So definitely something to look forward to going, you know, going into the off season here.
0: For sure. I think, uh, you know, the addition of of Darlene is just, is one that I did not expect at all. I (laughs) was totally on the board of they are definitely not going to win the draft lottery and they're definitely not going to, you know, get a franchise defenseman. I was, I was totally sold on, you know, another year of horrible defense, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so Darlene, like,
1: I mean, I think we all know he's really good. Like he's, but you're in agreement with somebody else. Like he's the offense, the defense, he can hit, he can, he's kind of like that full, that full package. Like you're in agreement with that. I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure I know you are, but I'm just curious of your full take
0: on him. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. For sure. I think he, he's made some unbelievable plays in both ends of the ice and just the skating ability and his quick movements that he has along the boards and in tight spaces is are unbelievable. And then again, with the controlled zone entries that he does make, are just, you know, something that you don't see very often in defense and that can, that has the confidence that can make the moves that he makes, you know, to get around the fence at the blue line and, and create scoring chances.
2: It's lovely. I mean, I, I get excited just thinking about it. Cause like you said, it was, <laughs> it's kind of, it's just an exciting, like no one really expected it. And it kind of just really opens up for what you can do on the defense this year. I mean, I think you can almost see a a totally different style uh, that we were kind of expecting maybe more of last year. And then also it opens up to kind of moves to make to, I mean, shore up the offense. But a lot with the prospects. I mean, for me, it's been tough because the last two years, Chad and I have been talking a lot about how. You know, waiting for those guys to to come up and take those spots like your Bailey's, your Baptiste, your fashings, and it just hasn't happened. And I know this year uh with Botterell bringing in you know um josephson and, and nolan and 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 those bottom six guys, I guess where I kind of want to start with this is is get your take on and those guys that have been here a while is this kind of i mean I know a lot of them are fas are guys like that? can we look to them to finally make the jump this year? Do you think maybe? Some of them are just done with the Sabers, you know, new new management, or uh, kind of going with the guys who've been here for a while.
0: I mean, I think it's a it's a really, especially with with Bailey and and Baptiste and Fashing, it's it's just a really tough call because, especially with like a guy like Bailey, who in his games he played with the Sabers, especially like the first couple of games that he had this year, he played really well, and it was. Amen. It is the same thing with Baptiste and with Bailey. It's, it's the speed that sets them apart from other guys like Josephson and, and other, you know, fringe roster players that aren't really going to make a huge impact. But I think the biggest thing with them is they just need, you know, consistency. And I mean, unfortunately for that, I think the, one of the bigger things that they need as well is just line mates that can <laughs> stay with them and, and can create chances. But uh, I, I think if they're able to put together, say, like a line with, you know, maybe Sean Malone alongside of them, they could they could potentially get some something going there. So Malone's a big guy that I've
1: been yeah. on. Uh, I mean, do you are you kind of I think he really has a realistic chance to take that fourth line center position next year's start of the year. Are you kind of in that same boat?
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Was just because especially that latter half of the year he had in Rochester. He really just, he played so well in terms of, you know, defense and offense. He, he created great scoring chances. He he was all over the boards. He was just a really fun guy to watch in Rochester.
1: So what are we going to do with Alex Nylander? Cause that's, <laughs> I guess that's kind of yeah. a, the big thing here, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I I'm all for keeping him around and, I'm all for trying to to get the most out of him, and I I know I'm not a huge you know fan of of saying like oh players you know attitude is not where it's supposed to be and he doesn't have the compete level, but I think just the way he sort of carried himself towards those those, those play out those those last couple of playoff games in Rochester, he didn't really have the same sort of you know flash that he did uh towards the the middle half of the year a little bit so i think come development camp come training camp come preseason if he can really show like oh i can i'm should be in the nhl and i can make these plays that i should have been making in the playoffs with the with the americans but didn't because i should be in the nhl then that's it, a different story but i in my opinion if if you can get a a good deal for him i would not be opposed to trading him or maybe throwing him in a package to get, you know, a, a sturdy NHL defenseman.
2: I wonder if uh, it's just crazy. Cause he's kind of like going back to what you said with that or Bailey at the beginning of the year, when he was here, and Nylander, when he was here, he was good. And then when he went back down, he kind of just, it's, I mean, I wasn't able to really watch, but it seemed like he kind of just shut it down. Like you were saying, in the, especially in the playoff games. I did, I wonder if, he had a pretty good off season last season and it looked like he came into camp ready to make the team. And then he had that injury and it all, all kind of fell apart from there. So I wonder if he comes into camp again, basically ready to go and he's just all in on making the team this year. And maybe if that doesn't happen, that's when uh, I think you you got to start maybe exploring options like you said, or I mean, if they are moving somebody like O'Reilly this off season, depending on who you're trying to get maybe you're right maybe it is kind of a a package deal
0: yeah and i I think you know if he can come into camp and he can you know provide the same amount of skill and the same amount of you know offensive upside that he brought when he was with the Sabers, then it's a whole different story because from what he showed during his his nhl little stint that he had this year he can definitely make plays and he can be a an excellent NHL player and I know he had that injury at the beginning of the year which which sort of plagued him the entire year especially in the AHL he just he seemed like he wasn't especially when he first came back he just he seemed like he wasn't himself and if he can turn that all around during training camp this year and he he can show that you know he's definitely he definitely should be in the NHL then it's a completely different story and he could he could definitely contribute at the NHL level
2: i got one more interesting one on Nylander. Taking Gouli and Middlestead out of the mix, would you say at this point Nylander still has the highest ceiling?
0: I would say so, yeah. I mean, you look at who else they have left. Right. If you consider Victor Olofsson a prospect, then maybe he sort of tries to fight alongside of him just because he had that huge year this year, and it looks like he can really shoot the puck <laughs> um you know cliff Pooh isn't necessarily going to bring the same sort of flair and offensive you know skill that Nylander has going to the back end you don't really have anybody else besides brennan gooley i mean
2: right
0: right about borgen.
2: Borgen, yeah
0: oh well you know yeah will borgen definitely has you know potential to bring a good quality you know like sort of defensive, you know, two-way defensive uh, prospect that can definitely bring a, a a decent, you know, depth to the back end in terms of, you know, a, sort of not really a stay-at-home defenseman, but he can definitely make a good first pass, I think. And he definitely brings, you know, just some sturdiness to the back end. That, I mean, like Bryson Martin, I, I am just looking at his name and it makes me just want to tear <laughs> my eyes out because it's just a waste of a pick. <laughs> So
1: before Bill hits you with some questions on Olafson who you mentioned in Aspen, uh, I'm going to ask you one more guy. I recently wrote about, him. what about O'Regan? You know, I, I often forget he's even part of the prospect pool. You know, he's – I don't really know what to make with him. You know, I kind of didn't see him a lot in San Jose. I, I didn't really honestly see him a lot in Rochester. He's a decent shot. But, I don't know, do you, do you think long-term that he has a capability to be an impact NHL player, at least in the bottom six, or – is he one of these guys who, you know, does really good in the AHL and doesn't really translate to the NHL?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's tough to say with O'Regan. Um, when they first made that trade and I was first looking at, you know, sort of like the San Jose reaction to it, and a lot, uh, from what I had had read from a lot of San Jose people was that O'Regan wasn't necessarily a guy that he, – he wasn't fighting his way into the lineup. It was sort of just – you know, an injury injury replacement and he would stay around and, and, and sort of show little bits of, of little bits and pieces of, of what he can bring, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, bringing everything that he could. And when it comes to O'Regan with the Sabres, I think he can, you know, definitely provide some a, a shot and some offense that they haven't had in, in the depth for quite some time. But, Another thing about O'Regan too is that, you know, it's, there's no really, you know, no defensive, uh, you know, brightness there. And not necessarily he's poor defensively, but he just doesn't bring that two-way game that they could get from somebody else, say like a, a Cliff Poo or or Rasmus Asplen or a Marcus Davidson, something like that, you know? That makes sense.
2: Well, speaking of Asplen, <laughs> we'll go back out to the Swedes. And I mean – Aspen, I guess and Olefson, I can kinda of lump in just because Aspen's two years out. Olefson had the big year. Do you think either of those either of those guys have a shot this year, or are they both probably looking at one year in the HL to get accustomed to the game and then make their way up?
0: I think it's it's both of them will probably start the year out in Rochester, just because the the way Bodwell seems to be running the organization right. is he he wants, you know, that that strong Developmental team and slow process of you know getting guys into the AHL, seeing how they progress there, and then slowly bringing them up into the NHL. And I think it definitely could benefit, especially a guy like uh, Rasmus Asplund, who who mm-hmm. does bring a strong two-way game and is has been you know very good in the past with 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 faceoffs in the SHL. So just trying to transition that to the North American style game, and then see where he goes from there, and possibly you know, bringing him up to the NHL, maybe not next year, but uh, if if he does play out well, then maybe towards the end of the year, if if things aren't going so well.
2: So I guess real quick on Olofsson, I know you mentioned the shot. I know even I think Darlene's talked about how he's maybe has the best shot in the Swedish league. Do you think there's any chance if somehow he finds his way onto like Eichel's line in camp, that shot gets him into the lineup? Or do you think maybe he just needs to work on skating and there's other things that, like you said, with Botterill and how he's working with it, his uh, pride. I mean, from
0: a, from a personal standpoint, I would immediately put him with Eichel just to see what happens. But right. um, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of, you know, trying to develop him to, to become a more complete NHL player, I, I would definitely start him in Rochester for the year and see just how well, in terms of you know skating and footwork he does in the NHL, and then see if he can hold himself, hold like hold himself to the you know and a, or a North American level of play in the defensive zone as well. And just if he is able to you know hold his own there, then definitely get him to the NHL and try and put him with somebody that can just feed him pucks as much as possible.
2: Right. I mean that makes sense.
1: So one guy I want to circle back to, so I'll make sure we don't forget before we get to the draft stuff here in a second. CJ Smith, we haven't talked about him yet. You know, he's kind of the guy. I, I like to kind of gloat that i have you know, I've been two for two uh, <laughs> year. The year, year before, I called Carrier being the guy who made the jump, and then, you know, last season before I started, I made Smith as the guy who was going to make have a breakout year. So I'm kind of two for two recently, but I'm just kind of curious if your take on Smith. I mean, he he started off hot. He kind of had that injury. He slowed down near the end. Uh, I feel like he would have got NHL time if he didn't get hurt. Uh, but do you mean, for me, I, I kind of see him as, I wouldn't say I have him down in pen, but at least maybe really strong pencils, kind of that third line left winger. I'm just curious, kind of your opinion on that.
0: I, I would share the same sentiment just because the way he started the year in Rochester was unbelievable. He he definitely brought, you know, a scoring touch and as, and as well as just an offensive upside. That is what the Sabres definitely need in the depth or at least in the bottom six in terms of you know creating chances and creating offense and i think cj smith can definitely bring that and you know he has some strong and powerful uh aspects to his game that would only benefit them so i i I would definitely put him in like he said in that strong pencil if something doesn't you know translate as well with the nhl team then you could still possibly just have him season him a little bit in the ahl but i would and definitely put him in strong pencil on that third or fourth line for next year.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad to use that sentiment. So I'm going to kind of flip here to the draft stuff where Bill kind of handled most of the Sabres prospects, but you and I are kind of the big, you know, draft guys. So I guess I'll kind of handle a lot of it from here. You know, for me, Bill and I was talking about this where you kind of came on and we started here. Uh, you know, having first overall pick is awesome and everything, but I think like it's kind of taking the fun out of, you know, watching these guys at the top of the draft who I watched all year. Like, I've forgot to check in how Zadina's is doing the real championships, you know, stuff like that. But I'm, you know, we're kind of on the same page from the stuff that we've done and talked together, you know, Darlene won, uh, Zadina, we both kind of like Wallstrom. The one question I wanted to ask you is I, I just did a mock draft say I'm going to post tomorrow, but I feel like somebody in that top five is going to make the mistake of picking Brady to Chuck too early. Do you got the same sentiment too? Where you think he's going to like end up around seven, eight where he, probably belongs more.
0: I am very afraid for Canucks fan, or pardon me for Canadians fans that <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens are going to draft Brady Kitchuk because that just seems like the Montreal Canadiens thing to do. And it's not that I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to hate on Brady Kachuk just because I don't like the style of play that he brings. Right. Because he can definitely, you know, he could grow into a very strong, you know, power forward that brings a little bit of offense to a team but that's not the type of player that I would want to draft with a top five pick
1: yeah I mean I mean that makes I'm mean, on the same page you know it's he you know he had that great real juniors a lot of people in Buffalo kind of saw that and liked that but I just I, I don't think he had a good second half of the year at BU and you know I mean I understand it's college hockey but I think only had nine goals which isn't you know doesn't blow your socks off or anything and he's a big kid I think his name helps him out. I just don't think his skating ability is there. I think he's a guy who finishes around the net and kind of doesn't give you much more than that. You know, you thought Montreal. Honestly, I was thinking Carolina. Their new GM, you know, Donald Waddell, he spent a lot of time with USA Hockey. I feel like Carolina's going to be that team that makes that mistake at two and then hands Montreal to get the Sveshnikov. That's kind of what I thought might happen.
0: I, I hadn't thought about that. I have not really, considering the changes going on in Carolina, I hadn't really even thought about it. But that's a good point. I, I would be so sorry for Hurricanes fans, <laughs> the Hurricanes fans that if there are any still. But uh, <laughs> I would I would be very sorry for them if they took Brady Kachuk with the second overall pick just because of how good of a player Svechnikov is because he just he can create offense from anything it's it's so fun to watch him play.
1: Yeah, I agree. So before we get to the end. Um, kind of the back half of the first round, you know, with the Sabres, maybe that 32 pick. One more question I want to ask you in the front half is, do you think there's one player maybe in the top 10, maybe even top 15, that's going to slide, you know, kind of maybe like Stat to last year, that's some teams didn't get a gift. I mean, for me, that guy I think is Wallstrom. Uh, I think he's going to slide around this, you know, a little farther than he should, and someone's going to get a gift with that. But I'm curious if you kind of have a guy who you think might slide that's going to be a real nice pickup for somebody.
0: I I would agree with Wallström, and I'm I'm not sure if I just hold him to a higher position than most people do, but I think Wallström is just uh, another fantastic goal scorer that is available in this draft. And Definitely, he can you know play on the penalty kill as well. He's super agile, super quick. He just has a he's a great shot. He he can create offense. Another one I would I would possibly suggest might be Quinn Hughes if people start to sort of, you know, get a little worried about the undersized matchups there. But I, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it just because it's being under, an undersized defenseman should not be something to worry about anymore in the NHL. It's no. Because if you can skate and if you can provide in your own, then there's nothing to worry about. And that's something that Clint Hughes can do. But in terms of, you know, people that could jump them like, like a Kachuk or, you know, like a Ty Smith maybe jumping ahead of, of Quinn Hughes, that's possi- That's a possibility as well. Maybe if you consider Noah Dobson, a, a high draft pick, that he could also maybe slide as well.
1: So as I mentioned, you kind of wrote an article saying, Die by the Blade, about some options for Sabers in the back half of the draft. Uh, I mean, you don't have to talk about all of them, but is there maybe like two or three guys you kind of have your mind on? I mean, Bill and I talked about this before because he read the article too, and for me, Bach is that guy, you know. I. <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous that he's kind of catching some hype now, and I'm afraid he might slip into the back half of the first round, but I'm just curious if kind of you have two or three guys maybe Sabres fans should really look out for or maybe even do some research on.
0: I, I would say, you know, Bach, they should be the first guy for sure, just because he is another goal scorer that maybe was a little bit unprepared for the SHL level, but also still can create a lot of offense and should not have been you know in junior hockey and he made the right decision to go overseas and or not overseas but to the shl right. and i think he can definitely make you know a lot of offense happen with mm-hmm. with very little given to him another guy i would consider as well uh I, you know a kid i'm a huge fan of is alexander alexiev and red deer and You know, I I would watch a lot of, you know, uh, Brandon Hagel games when he came back from injury at the latter half of the year. And Alexia always just stood out to me, just not only because he played so many minutes, but because he made huge, like explosive, exciting plays at both ends of the ice. He he could lay a a huge hit, you know, along the boards or behind the net or something like that, and then he'll, he'll come back to the other end and he'll, you know, make a huge hesitation move at the blue line, and come in and send somebody up for a goal. And it's it's just an, another exciting player to watch that could have potential, a potential huge upside with a, a low risk. You know, second or maybe if he even flips to the third, third round pick.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm good on the, uh, I'm good on the draft stuff here. I think we kind of covered a lot there. Ability <clears throat> of anything else you want to throw in here?
0: Yeah. I guess
2: I can sneak in one. Do you think there's any way that do you think the Sabres just take one and 32 and go home happy because they won the lottery? Or do you think there's any way that maybe they package 32 and, you know, they're ty- the the Friedman piece, you know, getting it down to the studs and getting rid of some of the old core, do you think there's any way they package 32 and maybe one of those old core guys and try and find their way back into the, you know, 20s, maybe the mid-first
0: round? I mean, well, the reports coming out of, of Edmonton seem to be that they're willing to move Number ten. So, you know, if they're if they're keen on moving up, I would definitely target Peter Shirelli just because of his track record. But I would I would say if 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 they want to move and they want to move up, I would I would definitely target number ten. If say a, a Wallstrom does slip down to number ten, because I would snatch him in a heartbeat. I, I just love the way he plays.
1: I, I guess you kind of took my next question saying Wallstrom. I was going to ask him because there is that talk. You know, I've been asked about it too, the Edmonton thing. Is there, you know, for me, I, I kind of see a drop off at seven, eight, not, not like significant, but I kind of say that's kind of a drop to the next tier, I guess you could say. Is is there like a few guys where you maybe consider making a move like that that might involve like rest line in you know, and you get ten, but it, for you, does it have to be certain guys in the board, or you would kind of just take that pick at ten and take whatever
0: whoever's there? I, in my eyes, the only person, well, I would I would consider Oliver Wallström and Quinn Hughes If they both. Are starting to slide down, or maybe even if Ty Smith starts to slide down to ten, I would definitely think about trading up and and trying to get one of them, just because those are those are guys that can create a lot of offense for your team, and those are, are, especially Wallstrom, is a guy who can, you know, change a play by himself and just create something out of nothing, and that's somebody I want on my team for sure.
1: Well, I guess I'll throw maybe one more at you since we have like a few more minutes here. Is there any Sabres prospect that we haven't talked about that we should look out for? Does have to be like in Rochester, just anybody that's in their system that you kind of have an eye on?
0: Uh, the latter half of the year, I was I was keeping a close eye on Oscar Laxman, who they oh, they took okay. very late last year, and he he stepped up with with Ivan Liga last year, and he seemed to be moving the puck really well, especially being so young at that level of play. He definitely seemed like next year could be a big year for him in terms of development and and you know becoming a a better skater perhaps and and, you know maybe beefing himself up on the back end but in terms of you know transitional game and and creating offense Oscar Laksin did a a really nice job last year at the latter half of the year
1: interesting that's that's like I said that's an interesting guy because he's one of the ones that people kind of Talked about because wasn't he the guy who like wasn't in like in the draft pick or something like that, right? That was him, right? I'm thinking of the right guy.
0: Yeah, they I they couldn't get his like height and weight down. He like nobody had heard of him at all. I think he's still listed as like six one and hundred and sixty-five pounds. And I don't think that that's accurate at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, good to know. Interesting. That's an interesting pick there. So Max Marco, you can follow him on Twitter at Marco L W O S. Uh, he talks about Seabirds prospects for Dive of the Blade and Draft Talk. And like you said, you know, does some work at Bowling Green, color commentary for Bowling Green Hockey. So Max is a busy guy. Uh, so Max, man, you know, I appreciate you coming and talking to prox- prospects with us. And, uh, you know, maybe kind of after the draft, we can maybe chat again. But uh, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I had to thank you guys, too. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I love talking prospects, no matter what you So <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So that's
1: it for this week on beyond the blade uh, make sure you follow us on twitter at btv hockey uh, interact with us on facebook twitter and also make sure you're checking out die by the blade for all of your great sabers content so for chad and bill and max uh, we are going to be out of here this week and we will talk to you soon see you